Great customer service is woefully inadequate to supply any meaningful competitive advantage. The idea of service all by itself is kind of bougie and fails to deliver on a, on a human level. But care is different, and remarkable care moves the needle. This is the podcast by Stone Creek Coffee, and it is what it is. Today we're on to the third of the pillars that uh, we are using to build the next generation of Stone Creek Coffee. I'm Drew, the managing director of the company, and here with me, as I've had the last few weeks, I have Eric, our founder and co-owner. And uh, today we're talking about remarkable care. The first two things we said are really integral to us trying to build the company for the next version, uh, the next 20 years or next 25 years, um, are these three pillars. And we've said so far that we are coffee geeks who never stop learning. And that's great, but what is all this geekdom and all this learning in service to? In short, it's in service to what we're creating, and that is remarkable care. We are coffee geeks who never stop learning, creating remarkable care. So those three pillars. So before we get into remarkable care, I just wanted to start with the question, why is two pillars insufficient? Like to say that we're coffee geeks who never stop learning, it feels like there's a lot of meaning wrapped up in that. Um, so Eric, why, as you thought through this next step in our company, why, why was it insufficient to just stop at coffee geeks who never stop learning? For me, um, the idea of remarkable care has always been part of our company. Uh, going back to the founding in 1993, um, our corporate name, as we've talked about on this podcast, is Geary Corporation, which comes from a samurai code of honor called Bushido, and it means social obligation. So I started this company with one of the founding, if not the founding value, was the idea of remarkable care and caring for others. We have always had that in our DNA. It's been part of um, who we are. It's part of who I am. And I think for the first 20 years of the company, and we chatted about this in a previous episode, really our main competitive advantage were the people, were the care that we brought across the counter. I think the coffee was decent, not great. Um, And as we look into the future, we felt that remarkable care was a way to compete. And there's there's a few more layers to that that we can we can get into. We will get into that in just a little bit. Um, But before we do that, let's like take apart why coffee geek can never stop learning is is insufficient Um, certainly there's value to remarkable care but why don't you think that just taking those two coffee geek and never stop learning were where did those let us down yeah i think that there are a lot of coffee companies in the world that compete on you know in essence being coffee geeks you know the never stop learning is a little bit more nuanced but i didn't feel and i i think our our company as a whole, the culture uh, and the type of people that work here, that just being coffee geeks, that we didn't want to compete on our knowledge of coffee, mostly because we didn't think it would invite the customer into the equation. That the idea of, of remarkable care and caring for our customers in the way that we want to invites them more intimately, um, more closely um, into our company, into what we're doing. And if you think about the average cafe, um, you have 200, 300, 
400 whatever customers coming in every day that can start to feel a little bit like a commodity style transaction if we don't share this idea that each person has this unique story and each person is going through their their day and it's up to us to connect with them and and I I personally felt like a that's hard to do but if you can do it it's really special being coffee geeks feels kind of ubiquitous in a in an industry that's increasingly saturated like to say you're a coffee geek is insufficient because everybody's going to claim that their coffee is is high quality and then never stop learning is hard to communicate as we took 30 minutes two weeks ago to explain what never stop learning means to us one of the things i I said two weeks ago was that a lot of people will say they will never stop learning but to truly do it according to our culture um it it requires a couple more layers or levels to, to really do that and so because that's a relatively hard concept to communicate it takes you know months really to to get people up to speed with what that means in our company that we couldn't just say those two things because i felt like we'd be like everybody else that it it is not a differentiating factor when you look across the 5,000 to 7,000 coffee roasters that are out there the relationship between uh, a barista and their customer is a a unique relationship Um, if you look at relationships between uh, husband wives boyfriend girlfriends mother daughter mother son father daughter father son those are all intimate relationships Um, but in the public sphere there aren't that many relationships that are intimate where you actually care about how someone is doing and when somebody comes into your cafe five times a week or seven times a week and you get to know them and their kids and their struggles and their vacations and their their joys it is a natural place to seek uh, intimacy and care and so we're simply in a way we're kind of jumping on that saying not only is it okay but we want to be we want to be uniquely good at providing that care Going back to the statement then, now that's going to summarize what our our company's about for the foreseeable future is we are coffee geeks who never stop learning, creating remarkable care. I thought, hey, maybe we'll just define it. We'll throw out, here's the definition for remarkable care, but it's like some other kind of unique concepts in that it's probably um, best to show people what remarkable care is, and then you go, oh, yeah, yeah, I get it. I think there's a simple way of defining it, but it's more helpful to say, hey, here's a story. Here's what it is. So we've got a couple stories here. Eric, why don't you you tackle the first one? Because I think you were the one who shared this story with me first uh, Mm -hmm. from Zappos. Yeah, Zappos, as many of you know, is known for its... I guess it's service. I don't quite know how they define it or how they teach it internally. I'm sure they teach it, just as Drew said, through stories and, and, and through behavior. But I was listening, I think, to, I don't know, maybe uh, the Akimbo podcast, maybe, uh, but a podcast. And I heard this story. Um, I'm sure you can track it down online if you want to hear it. But basically, the idea was that this guy um, went to his mother's house. His mother had recently passed away, and he was there to help clear out the house. And he went to her closet and found, I don't know, seven or eight boxes of, of unopened Zappo shoes. And, of course, they probably didn't fit him, and he didn't know what to do with them. I guess he could donate them, but he called Zappos and said, hey, could I possibly return those and you know Zappos being built the way they are caring for their customers and trying to deliver 
um, great service said, yeah, of course, um, you know, here's a UPS number, drop them off, um, send them back. Um, and um, so they did that and he gave him credit card and they credited back the cost of the shoes. Of course, Zappos didn't have to say that. Hey, those not our problem. We sold them to your mom. Don't know how to help you. Um, but not only did they do that, which I think is pretty good service. And I think we'd all agree that, wow, that was really nice. But then they turned around and sent, as I recall the story, um, a really nice set of flowers to his house um, with a nice handwritten note saying, you know, we're sorry for your loss, blah, 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 blah. And it just went beyond just great service to the point where this guy, you know, would have remarked back to Zappos and said, thank you. And so the idea of remarkable care is this idea that it's not care unless the person you give it to remarks back to you. And that's how, that's one of the stories that's begun to help framework, uh, create a framework for our idea of remarkable care. And one of the first stories that comes out of our work starts with a hurricane. So we were doing some work with our wholesale team this fall, um, trying to understand how best we might deliver remarkable care for our customers. And we're working heavily with our process and with our team structure and trying to coach the idea of remarkable care to the folks on, on that team. The team was really receptive to the challenge. And we have a lot of work to do on how we ingrain this concept in our processes still. Like we're just on the, on the front edge of this. But I had two of our team members come up to me, um, Amy, and Jasmine one day and they said, um, you know, we got this note from one of our e-commerce customers. They had an order in and they, they called and they said they wanted it ground because they're, they're down south. I think they were in the Florida panhandle after the hurricane. They said, we have no power. Like the whole neighborhood has no power. We haven't had power in a week. Need the coffee please send it, uh, but grind it for us. And so they said, listen, this is kind of a, a big deal. We'd really like to do something for this customer. And so we just kind of threw it around for a couple of minutes and it was decided that we would send them a box full of, of coffee with a note that said, hey, hand, hand it out to your, your friends, your neighbors. Here's a bunch of coffee to help you power through this. Like, wish we could do more, but here's a little something. And it truly was a little something a box of coffee in light of the aftermath of a hurricane, it's not really moving mountains, but it showed the, the care that uh, Amy and Jasmine in particular had to really take care of, of this person. Like we can't do much, but here's what we can do. And so we're gonna send you a note with all the, the best wishes we can, can muster and, and here's some coffee to help. The customer was just really, really appreciative. As, as small of a gesture as it was, it was remarkable in that we could have just said, sure, here's your ground coffee, good luck. Um, but no, the, the wholesale team, and we call that side of the wholesale team, the customer care team said, hey, we're gonna go a little bit further here and we're gonna put a personal touch. We're gonna engage with this person and, and help. And so the, the customer shared, uh, I assume they got power back or used their phone and, and just shared what we had sent on their, on their Facebook page and really returned the care with a remark and therefore this care that was shown became remarkable because the customer remarked about it and um, and thankfully a lot of people appreciated the gesture and it's it's fuel like it's fuel for the soul to go farther 
it's not just hey well that's good business because now they'll buy coffee again i mean that's probably true but i don't really care about that so much as the fact that in those moments you're making a difference you're not making making a fiscal difference against the problem that this person is facing but you're making a relational difference and i think there's a lot of equity to that that we often undersell the third story uh, just came from a, a friend of mine this weekend and is probably more mundane but i think it's helpful in thinking through our cafes and our retail environments this guy's name is aaron he used to live in the area, moved down to Florida, and and came back, and we just grabbed a coffee. We're in our downer location, our new location on the east side, and he said, you know, I've been to a couple, three of your shops since I came back into the came back into the city for Christmas, and uh, I had somebody who I haven't seen in a year and a half, not a friend of mine, just a barista who had taken care of me. They knew my name right away. They said it after a year and a half, and he said that doesn't happen at other places like people don't do that like generally that's a general assessment of quote-unquote people don't do that they don't go out of their way to get to know you to remember you after a year and a half and still provide that that personal connection so he remarked about aspect of care that we deliver in our retail cafes or we endeavor to deliver in our retail cafes at least that this person delivered in the cafe that day as simple as that seemed, it's an example of these little decisions or these, these little efforts that people can make really can deliver something of value beyond your coffee that you get with $2. You're not just getting a $2 coffee, you're getting $2 coffee and you're getting actual human interaction, relationship, and care. So I think it might be helpful to kind of put remarkable care in contrast to this other corporate idea of great customer service. A lot of companies will will claim that service is important to them. Like we have great customer service or this is a core value, customer service. Remarkable care is, is different from that. Eric, how would you kind of put those two in contrast? So I think when someone says we have great service, it's just not helpful really because it's not clear what that means. I'm, I'm beginning to put some of my notes together as we um, organize the teams, organize the culture, organize the processes to help deliver on this. And a couple things that I think make something remarkable care versus customer service is it has to be intimate, that it can't be just doing the thing, serving someone. It actually has to be intimate is my contention to, to eventually become remarkable. And the second one, in a way, it has to be unexpected. Because as soon as it becomes expected, there's not really a need for a remark. You've already sort of, you're expecting to get this thing, and it happens, and that's it. So intimacy and, and being uh, having something happen to you that's unexpected, I think, is two of the things that are different than this generic notion of customer service. I would also throw in that service feels like something you're paying for. You go to Southwest Airlines because they generally have better customer service than Delta, and they're more expensive, so you, you pay for it. Um, whereas Remarkable Care is something that the person who, who you go to for this good or quote-unquote service, they're just giving to you. Like, they're not charging you more because of it. It's just ingrained in or it's kind of stamped on who they are as a person. It's how they live to go out of their way to take care of the other as they make your coffee or get your pastry or change your tires. Like 
this idea of remarkable care doesn't have to be unique to our industry. I think you can build pretty much any business in any industry on it. Yeah, yeah, and I would add in terms of the thinking about we believe remarkable care is one of the three pillars we're going to build this company on going forward. Partly, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, it's based on who we are as people and the founding value of Geary. But it's also based on when you're guiding a company, you have to try to project into the future. You have to say, what's the world going to be like in five years, in eight years, in 10 years, in 20 years? And can I imagine through my current understanding of the way the world is changing, can I predict and extrapolate into the future and say, okay, if the world's going to end up there, what kind of company do we have to be building today? And Remarkable Care came out of that just as much as it came out of our past. And so we sit here at the anniversary of 25 years of business and we're talking about the next 25, but, but I believe, and I think many others here in Stone Creek believe, that the world we're going to be inhabiting in five years or eight years or 20 years is a world that's radically different than the world we're in today. Um, we mentioned this, I think, also earlier, but, but we know how fast technology is changing the way we communicate, the way we engage, how we engage. We know that Google is now finishing our emails. We know that in five to, five to eight years, um, we're, we're not going to be renting cars. We're not going to be driving cars. We're going to be grabbing our app and um, calling up an autonomous vehicle, and it's going to take us where we go, hopefully with a cup of Stone Creek um, in the armrest. But ultimately, the world that we think we're going to be living in is one that's less, I guess, personal or maybe less human. And so, therefore, we're going to do the opposite. We're going to try to create a company that's deeply human. We're going to try to bring back these human high-touch, intimate ways of going through the world that I believe will be in short supply. And if it's in short supply, it's obviously a business that can be successful. But more importantly, it's a human need that we're all going to want. I'll kick back on what you said about where the world is going. When I was uh, going home to Texas for Christmas week, um, stopped at McDonald's a lot. Not my favorite, but I did it because um, it's easy with the kids and play place when you got a break. I won't make excuses. I was making excuses. I'm at McDonald's and um, at three out of the five or something that we stopped at, yeah, it happened that many times. There was um, like these digital ordering it, in most of McDonald's now. There's a lot fewer cashiers and it's all these big touchscreen order platforms and so we think about what's 5, 10, 15 years down the road it's kind of already here and so um, you know it's, it's really a relevant time to be thinking about how to create something that is more human, not only more human than where we're going but more human than, than where we've been. Yeah and I think what I love about it is either we're going to be right or wrong. <laughs> we'll know we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah but it's cool to be you know, in a place where we think we can be radically different than, than what's going on in the world and yet still be right. And I will always bet on intimacy over technology. So before we wrap up this week, it, we're kind of left with a question. We have these three pillars. We are copy geeks who never stop learning, creating remarkable care. Now what? And we've talked a little bit, Eric, about, you know, how do you ingrain these things and teach them and advance them in your corporate culture? Well, how do we do that? What, what's next? 
So organizational structure always follows strategy. And in this case, to bring it back to what we're talking about, the strategy, for lack of a better word, is to provide remarkable care, obviously the third pillar. Um, and to do that, the corporate structure or the design of our organization has to bring that into account. So we're redesigning the organization, and, and Drew is intimately involved in this, to create um, um, space within the teams, both time and resources, including money, um, to, to deliver on remarkable care, and then to seed the notion of remarkable care by within the organization telling stories about how a team member, a coworker, um, delivered remarkable care to one of our customers or internally. And I think one of the things that we're learning is that we're going to start internally, that we can't deliver remarkable care to the public, to our customers, to our community, if we can't do it for each other. So um, we have we have started internally and we will continue to work on that so the design of the organization will follow that strategy and then the tools and processes about how we plan how we think how we execute all this will get baked into those and finally we talked at the very first episode of this podcast reboot um that we're going to have four brand pillars and we're going to have this fourth one that was called connect and uplift we're coffee geeks who never stop learning creating remarkable care because we're driven to connect and uplift. And we've since pulled that connect and uplift off because it was kind of wordy. It was a lot to keep track of, but because we felt like it was included within the idea of remarkable care. So you're hitting on it a little bit internally, Eric, too, but how do you see remarkable care embodying this idea of connect connect and uplift or encompassing the idea of connect and uplift? Yeah, when we were thinking through this over the last six or nine months, we talked about different types of care that we wanted to deliver. One was those small moments, whether it's um, telling somebody that you love their their hat or whether it's um, picking up um, you know, a, a baby's sippy cup and running over and washing it off in the cafe. Whatever those little moments of care look like, we do those a thousand or two thousand or five thousand times a day in our cafe group. Um, that's one type of remarkable care, and we will continue to do those. But there are these other bigger projects that I would like the organization to tackle, um, these more systemic issues, whether it's, um, uh, I, I guess an example, whether it's the farmers in Burundi that we work with whose feet are always freaking wet, just can't dry their feet during the rainy season, don't have boots, um, feet get infected, just uncomfortable things for these coffee farmers. Could we put together a program whereby we help solve that problem, at least for the farmers we work with? And that's a much bigger project, but it's, it's also this idea of remarkable care. It just has a longer time horizon. And so those were the two types of remarkable care. And the Connect and Uplift was originally intended to tackle those bigger projects. But I think that we've decided we're going to just put it all under remarkable care. We'll do those little little moments within the cafe and throughout our organization, but then we'll tackle these larger um, issues that we want to deal with. As we take the podcast into the future, we're going to just share. Our goal is to share um, what we're learning, how we're applying these three uh, brand pillars, the things we're doing to evolve as coffee geeks and, and talk a lot about remarkable care and the steps we're taking as an organization to see that lived out. Next up, we're gonna that in two weeks we're gonna talk about what happens when you find out 
as a coffee roaster that you can actually be twice as good at roasting coffee as you currently are. Like We'll talk about how we started that journey of relearning how to roast coffee after getting a fairly significant slap in the face, and we'll tackle that in two weeks. In the meantime, I uh, would want to let you guys know we've got a new coffee from Papua New Guinea. It's been a few years since we had one. Um, we call it Labyrinth, which some of us are more or less obsessed with David Bowie, and that's kind of evident in, in some of our coffee concepts this time of year. Um, but this coffee is really a solid representation of the work that we're doing on roasting and the work we're, we're doing on sourcing. It's sweet, it's clean, it's juicy. You can check that out at stonecreekcoffee.com or uh, get it at any of our cafes through February. If you have ideas for our podcast or you'd like to share a story of remarkable care that either happened at Stone Creek or uh, elsewise, elsewheres, <laughs> um, please reach out to us via email, podcast at stonecreekcoffee.com or at stonecreekcoffee on the social medias. As you go throughout your week now, please ponder the, the value of people and the benefits of living your life with the goal of delivering remarkable care in all your interactions. It's what we've chosen to be. People like us, Stone Creek Coffee, do things like this, deliver remarkable care, but we've chosen to do that because we truly do think it's good. It's beneficial, it's helpful. So we challenge you to think through that as well because products and things and even companies come and go, but people are what truly matters. So how might you live in such a way as to show remarkable care to all those with whom you come in contact? So think about that. And while you do that, never stop learning.